Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And uh, yeah. we're coming into the end, end of the year here. I know. It's crazy. Like yesterday, we had our Black Belt Club, and it's always the last Monday of the month, but it's the last open Monday of the month for us. So a lot of parents are like, it's not the last Monday. I said, no, but we're closed all of next week. Oh, really? It's been on our schedule, on our calendar, on our website, on our Facebook, but people just forget. They're just kind of creatures of habit. Yeah, yeah so we I'm all excited. Are, right? I'm, I'm excited. How about you? Excited for a little bit of a break? I'm ready for a long break. Yes, I'm, yeah. yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I know, and it's it's interesting. You and I always talk about this. You have a team. I have a team. You know, if we didn't want to go in, we wouldn't have to. Uh, but it's a good time to give our staff a break, you know, give our students a break, have a little mental clarity where we're home in our PJs or whatever we're doing, but we don't need to worry about who's there, who didn't show up to work, who might have gotten hurt, whatever the case may be. It just relieves you of kind of like that stress bubble, right? It does. And, I well, we have um... – uh, the carpets are going to get cleaned. Not that we don't do that, on, uh, you know, at other times, but the carpets will get cleaned. Um, we've got uh, some painting that's happening, just some minor, you know, fixes that are that are going right. on. But I have people, pe- other people that are doing that, so I don't even have to worry yeah. about that. That's awesome. Good for you, man. I, I love it. So um, today we had a topic. You and I discussed this a few weeks ago personally, right, where – Yep. Um, you know, I I constantly do this thing with my clients where we do a bubble drill, right? And I've, we've spoken about this numerous times in the past. And um, and, and the bubble drill kind of clarifies on paper who you are. So let me quickly explain what I mean by that and so the listeners and the watchers could understand it. So you, you draw like a, a circle in the middle of the page, 11 by 17 page, and that's the name of my school, Long Island Ninjitsu Centers. And then then I think of all the things that my school does for retention, for income, uh, different things, I, programs I have, retail, and I draw these little bubbles. Like when, remember when we used to do those school projects where you'd make the uh, the planet system, the system of all the planets, and you you get like a styrofoam ball and you'd stick a stir in and you stick another styrofoam ball and it made like our solar system, right? Well, it's very similar in looks to that where we go, okay, so what do we have going on on a daily basis that we're putting our attention in? And those are what we call, you and I are very good big on our HIAs, our high-income areas, the things that are most important that we put most of our focus into, or at least we should be. So what's your thoughts on all of this and your lead-in to this conversation? Yeah, no, I agree um, that the high-income areas are the the things that we should be focusing on every single day. Um, it's going to be imperative that we uh, that we do that. So, um, but I think it breaks down in a few different categories uh, with regards, you know, regards to that. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, where you, where you want to go, but obviously on the on the on the business end, there's different categories that can fall under. So, obviously, there's High income areas um, with regards to your team. There's high income areas with regards to uh, the uh, the marketing, uh, but then there's also high income areas with regards to your talents and abilities as well. Um, and some of them overflow. I agree, but but uh, you know I think each of them have their own. Uh, merit. I, I think each of them has their own. Yeah, their own merit. I appreciate that. Right. Thank you. Yeah, their own merit. Well, well, and I love what you're saying. And so just to add on to that, exactly what you said, and um, to uh, just clarify, I should say, is that 
So school owners are doing so many things all the time, right? And and sometimes we look at the business as one business, right? So in other words, um, companies like, let's say, a Starbucks or and, – and Starbucks, actually, let's just keep Starbucks as a perfect example. Their main business is coffee, right, and, and you know, chai lattes and all these different drinks. But if you go to a Starbucks, they have CDs for sale. They have, you know, scones and, and donuts and lunch products. They have, you know – uh, cups and, and drink stuff and coffee, packaged coffee. So you would look at Starbucks as one entity, but if you look at their, probably their spreadsheet, there'd be multiple different sources of income and they could look at it and go, okay, we, our main center is coffee. Our, our main center, you, you and I is martial art and lessons, right? That's what we do. But we have all these different offshoots and then sometimes Starbucks will probably do an inventory report and go, are those CDs really selling? Is it worth having them inventorying and paying for it? And then they analyze whether it's even worth doing. I don't think school owners do that enough. I don't know if they do it at all, breaking their business down with these bubbles to see what they have and then figuring out if it's even worth being in. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I would say, you know, obviously our, our, our biggest bang for our buck is the, um, the monthly tuition that's coming in, you know, so the right. highest income area at this point in your business, uh, is to make sure that you have, you know, that even flow of, of people coming in and people going out. I hate to throw the, the, the S word out, but, um, and no, it's not Santa Claus. By the way, right? But, uh, I see him. The the, uh, the 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 s the s word with regards to stats, um, right? You know, knowing knowing what the percentages are will benefit you in the end with regards to you know knowing that okay, so for every ten people that I get in, I always sign up two, meaning right. You know, every ten inquiries uh, turn into um, eight appointments, and out of eight appointments, six actually show, and out of that six, I sign up three, let's say. So let's say you're at 50%. Um, knowing that is going to be highly important. Uh, so that way you know how many inquiries you need to get on a monthly basis in order to, to stay level, because obviously mm-hmm. the other stat is, the other stat is, you know, what's going out the back door. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so you've got to be able to keep uh, uh, at least stay where you're at, and if you want to grow, then you know that you need to, fill the funnel even more. And so I right. think your highest income area is is that, getting being creative and getting uh people inside your door, not just with the uh the Facebook ads, not just with the Google pay per clicks, although that's part of it. Um but you know I I think uh you know events are are important, you know, that help bring in people so they get to see you you know, like with regards to our, our field trips that we do, we get to meet right. some of those parents. We get to see the teachers. The teachers aren't signing the bill, obviously, but the parents that are there that are assisting, I get to interact with them. They get to see how we interact with the kids. They get to ask questions. You know, uh, there's nothing like a live prospect in front of you, I think, you know, um, and, and and that is more of a group sale, right? if you will, but it's still it's still the – um, you know, it's part of my high income area coming so, up so with uh, ads and, and events to bring in people. So, you know, like, for instance, we just did a, a ninja um, obstacle course, and it was a free ninja obstacle course. Um, and we did, what, one in November and we did one in December. We had 30 uh-huh. people in each, so that gave us 60 people. Out of those 60 people, half 
let's just say half were, were ours and the other half were not. And that's not true with the first group. In November, I actually had 75% that were right. people that have never been into my school. Wow. Uh, but I would say the, the one that we did in December, it was flip-flopped. It was, it was more like 65% were our people. So anyways, let's say it's 50-50 in the end. I have 30 people that have never been, you know, to our school before and saw us in action. And um, out of those 30 people, I think we got seven to do the Christmas special, seven or eight to do the Christmas special. Okay, that's awesome. So let's let's kind of simplify this a little. And before we go off onto other things, so your first topic you said is is new students and existing students. Obviously, um, you're able to use the existing students through events to bring in friends and relatives to be able to promote more new students, which is great. But let's let's make sure we clarify. So like tuition. Um, on your existing students is probably your highest income area in the school. Obviously, you know, you have a hundred students at a hundred bucks, that's 10 grand. But what I also like to clarify is like what, how many different programs do different studios have that they consider part of their bulk of uh, tuition? So for example, your main stuff is you're pretty much all your TriStar martial arts. You don't have like a kickboxing program, a Krav Maga program, a, um, fitness program right you only do one thing uh pretty much yeah okay so in my school pretty much too i mean my bulk i do have a kickboxing program but it's nothing near my martial art program and the reason why i bring that up i think a lot of schools have many different programs and they don't know what the bulk of their makeup is so they might think that they're making money all around but their let's just say their kickboxing program might have four people their krav maga program might have two people yet they're putting a lot of effort and time into those programs, keeping, keeping them alive, giving them space on their schedule, giving them time and energy, when in reality, they'd probably be better off axing that program and just putting that time, energy, and space into their high-income area, which is their martial art program. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does, absolutely. Uh, and, and we can – we've talked about bright, shiny objects before. We can get sucked into some of those and think that, uh, that they're going – and to think that they're going to be the next big thing for our business and then our, our primary business actually starts to uh, suck, you know, because, yeah. because of that. So we have to be careful that when we decide to add another aspect to our business that, uh, that the, the current one, the one that's making us the most money is going to, is, is, is running on all cylinders. Right. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think that, um, I think the biggest deal sometimes is, and what people make the biggest mistake on, is that they don't know what the makeup of their program is. Let, let, let's say they have a leadership team, um, and they, um, you know, they, they think it's a great program, it's a viable program, but they put a ton of effort into it, they promote it, they talk about it, blah, 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 but they have five or eight members in it. Well, is that program viable? Is it something that you want to keep? Is it maybe, to be honest, you could just ax it, not lose a heck of a lot of money, take all that free time and focus on your students in a different area, right? I mean, that, that would be that much better for you if you focused on your high-income areas. Yeah, so like, okay, I'll give you a for instance. Um, we, you know, I do those, the, uh, uh, our blogs, you know, so I, every, every day, Monday through Friday, I have a blog post. Um, I've been a little lax towards the end of the year, so that's not been happening every single day, but in most cases it is. And um, I write them ahead of time, 
and then I have, you know, if I had to do it all, meaning write it and then post it and email it and turn it into a video and all the other things that we actually do with it, if I had to personally do all of that, it wouldn't be to my benefit because right. it's not bringing me in initially the the people um, in my high income area. Now, is it right. is it a great is it great for search engine optimization? Is it great for uh, getting people to see me as more of an expert in in a lot of different areas uh, as well as martial arts? Certainly, um, mm-hmm. but it's not my highest income area, so I don't spend a lot of time on it. I have delegated that to someone else who, uh, after it's written, takes care of all those other pieces along with it, if that makes sense. So yeah. knowing knowing what you should be doing, and that goes back to what we talked about before with regards to your don't do list. You know, right. if I had to if I had to do all of it I, I wouldn't do it anymore. Right. Yeah, so so I, I love that. Like so in other words, like if it's below I hate to say it like this, but if it's below your pay grade um, it's not worth you doing it as the owner because you're probably not probably you're definitely much more suited to do the things that power your high income areas, right? But these things are supplementative, right? Or supplementive, right? Uh, programs that are necessary but not worthy of your time. So you'll then delegate it to a VA, a virtual assistant, or a staff member, and so on because you don't want to throw it away. But it's certainly not worthy of you sitting there. 12 hours a week banging this stuff out. So if, if you had a choice of you doing it or, or axing it, you'd probably say, I'll, I'll either hire some new person, and if I can't, I'm certainly not going to do it because it's not worth my time. I'd, be, I'd make more money doing something else. But you found a way to get it done anyway, and that's by subbing it out or um, delegating it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, it's not my highest income area at all, but Right. You know, getting people in the door is, is my highest income area. And then, you know, doing the things that I can only do. Um, I'm the only one. Not, well, I shouldn't say I'm the only one. I, I am the primary person that, that, that creates the systems that run in my business. Now that right. I have had staff there for such a long time, I'm able to rely on them a little bit more to, uh, when there's something broke, just ask them, you know, what do you think or how do you think this could run uh, more efficiently and sometimes they come up with, uh, you know, a better idea than I would have come up with because they're they're working it all the time. And, right. And, you know, there's been times where I've just said, okay, you know, that, that solves the problem initially, but I want you to think about this in a, uh, in a, in a year, two-year, three-year mindset. How does that, you know, solution that you've come up with, how does that, you know, play in? And sometimes it will still work. Uh, but sometimes it only just solved the problem initially, and and but they didn't have that viewpoint, right? Um, right. So I, that's a high income area for me to make sure that my systems are running well. But then eventually, once it's there, I don't have to, and I have staff that's trained in it. I can rely on them to do some of those things as well. Right. Very cool. So so that's awesome. So then, so what would you say another income? Like I know that. So we say new students. You know, it's quite obvious there, you know, there's going to always be attrition no matter how good we are at focusing on our retention. You know, of course, our, you know, in our programs, you know, we have multiple things that we use to keep retention up in our school, um, keeping students active and engaged and excited. 
Um, but even with great retention, you know, uh, the students are sometimes just going to go away. Someone's sick, they, they get an injury, they move, they, there's a divorce, all of those things happen. So our focus is always on new students. And then you said, you know, it's all about re retention of students as well, right? So um, what do you do like high income areas within your school for existing students? Do you, what would you say would be a top one or two things that are very important to the income of your school on the students that are existing? Uh, different events that they can attend, even if they're paid events or free events uh, or free events. I mean, I think those are, those are highly important. So uh, for instance, you know, okay, we'll, we'll take the most recent one. I've got the, uh, the sparring clinic that we're going to do at the beginning of the year. You know, I took that a few weeks ago and started promoting that. It's, not, right. it's only 97 bucks. They're going to get a total of uh, 14 classes, but it's, it's training with me. It's going to be a small group, only 24 people. Um, you know, I've already sold eight or excuse me, 15, six, 15 or 16 slots um, already, but that's going to bring in, you know, if, if I sell all 24, that's going to bring in close to uh, what? $2,400. Right. You know, okay. So let's, let, let's stick there. I love it. So let's stay on that vein. So here's, Here's something that school owners should be listening to. So um, it's not always that age-old martial art calculator, right? You know, 100 students times $100 equals 10,000. But you could then – and the way to skew your numbers is not always adding on new enrollment because I quite often I, – I do this with coaching, and I'll take an existing school and over a few years not really grow their student base by a massive amount, maybe a small amount, but we do so many other things to grow their income. So that sometimes I will quadruple a school's income with only a small amount of increase in students. And there's many variables on that. So, but special events is one thing. So you're doing this sparring clinic. If you did this sparring clinic four times a year, um, you'd be able to bring in, you said about $2,000 in profit on the one, right? Yeah, let's just say that, yeah. Okay, so then that's $8,000 if you did four of them a year without any stress, very easy to sell, very limited amount of space. You're going to do it very comfortably and have a good time at doing it, and you're going to add eight grand onto your income at the end of the year with very minimal expense, right, other than heat or air conditioning, depending on the time of the year. It's not like they're, you're not buying them new uniforms and giving them $200 worth a year. They're coming in and they're spending time with you, right? So that's easy. Imagine if you worked at a job and you worked as an executive. It's not like you could give yourself an $8,000 raise just because you felt like it. You have to wait and go through the whole corporate muckety-muck. You basically just gave yourself an $8,000 raise by coming up with an idea and properly putting it together and selling it. And that's magical. And so many schools miss out on that. They don't get it. Well, they don't do it. Yeah. And it, right. And they don't, it doesn't have to be the same thing. You know, so for instance, this summer we did a, uh, a bow staff camp and okay. I made a couple of, a couple of grand on the bow staff camp. I only had 12 Great. people in it. That's all I wanted. But I charged, I don't know, I think it was 150, 169 bucks, whatever it was. Um, right. And and quite honestly, the reason I did the bow staff camp is um, I needed a new grill, and I finally wanted to spend real money on on a, on a real grill, and and uh, and I wanted to hook it up to the gas to my house and everything. And yeah. uh, so that's what I did. I I I saw what I wanted. I I researched how much it was going to cost to do everything, and then I'd put a program together so that I could make that money to do it. Well, that's funny because um, I just got back from breakfast with like 12 of my good buddy martial arts friends in the area. And we were talking, one of my friends is like um, the Rob Kiyosaki from Rich Dad, Poor Dad mentality. He's like, don't buy a liability. 
buy an asset that, and if you really want that liability, a new Mercedes, a new Tesla, a new sports car, buy an asset like a rental property that you can make a profit on and that will pay for your liability. So you basically did the same thing. You came up with a concept because you wanted something and rather than just laying the money out, which you could have easily justified doing, um, you said, I'm going to come up with something that's going to make money and pay for that liability. And that's exactly what you did out of thin air. I mean, the government finds out about this. You'll probably get arrested because you're printing your own money. You're actually making your own money. You're not printing it, of course, right? But you just said, hey, I need this, and I'm going to come up with that, and here I do. And that's what you did. So let's say you do four. And if they're variables, like um, one is a sparring camp, one's a weapon camp, you could probably do both of those four times a year if you wanted to, right? Or you do, you know, that would be eight. So maybe you do six of them that are mixed and two of them that are together, and now you have eight events that you could make um, 2000 bucks on. That's sixteen grand a year without tapping your students and overburdening them. It's their choice, very small little groups, no pressure, no high-income marketing, no end to that. Just, hey, listen, I'm, I have 12 spots to spend time with me, and I'm going to teach you. I mean, people will jump well, on that in a minute. Yeah, and that's the thing is um, I, not that my instructors couldn't do it, but right. I, they, they are. They're getting time with me. And as egotistical as that sounds, I'm not teaching every single class. So there's not a lot of them that, that get that time with me. So that's another thing that I actually get out of it is I get to spend some quality time uh, with them as well. And to be honest yeah. with you, like the, the sparring camp, it's 14 classes. They're half an hour each, two times a week. So I'm spending seven hours for the $2,000. And, and really, to put the marketing together, I probably spent like three hours working on all of that marketing and what I'm right. going to do for the classes. And right. so if you look at it, it's 10 hours in total that I'm, I'm going to put into it. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm reading some of the comments um, stuff. Um, and one was from Mark Hamparian. Uh, he wrote static, and you wrote, what do you mean? Um he wrote underwater. I yeah, I think I'm uh, not coming through clearly, and it, it's probably uh, oh, internet. I understand. Yeah, it's better now than it was initially when you came on. So, um, so real quickly, so then, so we have new students, we have existing students. So, like existing students are, they're the most important for a variety of reasons. Like most obviously, it's easier to keep a student than it is to get a new student. We all know that, right? And the largest focus should be on, of course, retention of existing students and also getting new students to fill the bucket because there's always going to be attrition. But we have to make sure that we are looking into our, you know, our um, retention and our new students, right? And that's important. People forget that. So go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say something, and you had brought it up before with regards to when you were when you when you work with uh, uh, clients, it's not all about um, necessarily bringing in more students, although that right. that is going to happen. But it's raising raising the total revenue of of the business, and right that goes back to a call that we did last year about this time, and I think it was titled like "Knowing Your Stats for 2018." It's the four stats you need to know. Well, one of them one of them is the lifetime value of a client. And so, you know, um, it is important that your lifetime value of your client is raising from year to year. Obviously, it's going to hit a cap. I mean, you can only, only you know, get so much. But part of, part of that is the special events that you do that are paid, the uh, apparel 
that is in your business that obviously people are going to spend some money on just yeah. uh you know the 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 tournaments or whatever it is helps to raise the lifetime value of your customer and right. and so now instead of having a customer the lifetime value being $2000 you know the right. next year you start implementing thing, things and if you have 100 clients at $2000 uh what what is that 20000 20000 okay now you have 100 right, 100, 100 100 at 2000 yeah, I don't know. I, that's two. That's I mean, two hundred thousand. That's two hundred thousand. Right. One hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So, but now let's say you've raised it to 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 two thousand five hundred. So now right. you have your lifetime value of your customer is two thousand five hundred dollars, and if you spread that over, if that's you know what what everybody's paying, let's say, you know now you 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 still have a hundred people. But you've raised your bottom line, and by raising your bottom line, you're actually able to afford more things, better equipment, um, you know, just a whole array of other things yeah. with regards to sprucing up the place and, and those type of things. So um, it, it's not all about bringing in more people, although that's important, um, but raising like your high-income areas is also to, to look, how can I raise the lifetime value of my customer or my client and and the ways that you you do that are obviously keeping people longer so they spend more money with you over time having special right. events uh retail tied into your curriculum because uh, i know you're a big retail person but then yeah. not only retail that's tied into your curriculum but other retail that uh can be sold such as you know your hoodies and your t-shirts and uh you know coats or quarter zips or well, half zips or whatever they are well, let me let me just quickly say so. So then, uh, number one, new students. Number two, retention of students. Now, three is growing the income based on student per capita, like maximizing what they're purchasing, which is sometimes one of the biggest ignored things. And you said, um, you know, I'm very big into retail. Let me just quickly give you some. And, and this is what I love about Spark. Um, I have my categories for income broken down. This is how. So I love to look and see where I'm doing well in my retail and my membership. So these are my categories. I have apparel as one, meaning any kind of clothing, socks, tabby socks, which is our shoes, our uniforms, sweatshirts, T-shirts. I'm sorry, not uniforms, sweatshirts, T-shirts, hoodies, jackets, right? Then I have equipment. Equipment is kind of like, um, um, I don't know, like a padded foam headgear for sword fighting, right? Then I have events as another category. Then I have memberships, of course, as our tuition for the monthly payments. Then I have merchandise, the tchotchke little items, the little belt keychains, the plastic rubber swords and rubber nunchucks and rubber throwing stars. And then I have sparring gear. I want to know what I'm selling on sparring gear separately, headgear, handgear, footgear, mouthpieces, shin guards, chest protectors. And then I have uh, uniforms separately, which I never realized this, how many parents, and I'm starting to find that they're buying the kids at seven and nine-year-olds. I just sold 15 pairs of pants alone um, because the kids are growing in height, but not in, in, in you know, width, right? So, so they're right. growing in, in height. Um, and uh, so I'm selling pants like crazy. And then uh, weaponry, of course, in my school, because we have multiple weapons. So those are my categories. And we also have trial programs as well. How many trials did I sell for the month? So I love that I could set my own categories and I could watch this stuff and go, wow, we're doing really good on dojo shirts this month. 
Christmas time dojo hoodies, dojo t-shirts, uh, my ninja shadow shirt, and so on and so forth. And I love that about this program because I could really look at it deeply and then I could break every category down and see what was sold. So and that's dial something in. that I think, yeah, and dial in and go, oh, wow, I, I sold. Like, for instance, the Jika Tabby, which is the split toe ninja shoe, um, that's part of mandatory in our requirements, but they could buy different varieties. I'm finding that this one particular brand is the hot seller. And um, we have so many of them sold. I mean, I sold one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 17 pairs of tabbies this this month so far. How cool is that? They're all 50 bucks a pop, right? So it's like a shoe store sells sneakers. We're selling tabbies. Like, why not, right? So, so yeah, that that's an income area that most schools neglect, retail, um, you know, and, and they don't know because they're not breaking it down. You and I are numbers guys, so we break it down and we dial it in and we know who's buying it and who's not and so on and so forth. That's pretty awesome, right? No, it certainly is. Hey, I got a question for you. Are we? Uh, are you frozen on your screen? No, um, I'm not on my screen, but let me go on to Facebook and tell you whether we are. No, I okay, can see cool. us both on Facebook Live. We're both moving. All right, perfect. Um, so I'm gonna just, I'm just guys give me give me a thumbs up on Facebook if you have uh, if you could see us clearly. I know that we have a bunch of people on here, which is weird because it doesn't show us on who's watching. But it shows a bunch of people signed in watching, so that's a weird kind of thing. But um, Sensei Apollo Lodger, my, my Filipino martial art brother, is here. Um, Shian Mikudansky, friend that I know for 35-plus years, is on with us as well. And Paul Kroll. From, he just said it all. Um, yeah, Mike just said yeah. it was all good. So perfect. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, we're all good. Okay, sorry if there is any static or whatever. It's just sometimes the way the Internet works. But, um, but so what else? So we're a high-income area. New students, existing students, we mentioned retail and knowing our sales, our gear sales, and other things. Um, but here's one more thing I want to bring up and ask your opinion on. So um, we, we're doing all these things, like within a school. I'm, I'm going to read to you. Like, I can't even read the entire bubble, but I have a client, um, and they gave me their bubble. And, they, and let me just read. Like, they have a Cobra Defense, Tally, Storm team, birthday parties, ninja nights, specialty seminars, specialty weapon seminars, kickboxing, summer camps, Krav Maga, um, uh, demo team, 10-week programs, school visits, public community, outreach, outside seminars. I mean, their bubbles are endless. So what we're doing with them is going back over and going, okay, how much are you really making on this program? Each of them. Yeah, right. like, is it worth it? Like, I'll give you an example. I love writing books. You write books as well, right? How many books have you written? Uh, well, I, yeah, four, uh, four, and then I've co-authored another one. Uh, so okay. Five. So, so five books, and and um, you give them to your students, or do they buy them, or they're ha are they available for people to purchase? By the way. Yeah, they are, but I mostly hand them out for free. Okay, so but you put a lot of time into your books, and then you did the smart thing. You give them out because what does it do? Is increases your um your uh authenticity as an instructor, right? Because an author is usually a smart person, right? Um, so, you know, but you write these books and you give them out and it, it gives people the understanding like, hey, Dwayne Brummett is a professional. But, um, but if you were to, but I also put, I also put, uh, I also put an author in it. So there's a, yeah, there's you see a, that? What I, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so that, called the most so that's incredible a promotion or something like that, whatever it is. Yeah, so you give the book away for free. They read it, they like it, or someone you give it out at a school visit, and all of a sudden they see the offer, maybe they join your school. Yeah, yeah. What do I call it? The most in, uh, incredible free gift ever. 
Okay, cool. So, but my my question would be like, if you were to write another book just on the book, just on martial arts, let's say, um, they're very. I've written five books, right? The only books that sell big are my school book that my students like to buy because it's a martial, about our martial art. And the one book that I've, I've done well with was my – actually, two, I'm sorry, the business book, Martial Art Business 101, and my new book, The Five Gateways to Happiness, which is a spiritual book. But I haven't made money on it. I put a lot of time, years of writing those books. If I broke down all the time it took me to write it, edit it, pr- print it, promote it, I probably am at a loss on time right. versus money. So that's why I say, like, sometimes we as school owners, we as business owners get caught up in these um, – I, I want to say vanity, that aren't. Yeah, vanity <laughs> projects, right, that are more pleasing to our ego, um, and then we forget. Like we're spending 100 hours here, but if we put 100 hours into pro- – even standing in front of a supermarket 100 hours handing out flyers, we'd be guaranteed to grow our schools and make way more money in the long run. So that's why I say sometimes these vanity projects are um, – they're costing us money, and they're not at all part of our HIAs, the high-income areas, Right. Yep. So we, how do we? What would be your suggestion on how to figure out what you're wasting your time on? Is it the bubble drill that that we've done, or is it just writing it out, or like? Because when I look at this client list and I say, okay, they have all these bubbles, um, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like like seventeen bubbles. Like out of those seventeen bubbles, five of them are truly high high income areas. So. We're making the decision right now, myself and my clients, about like whether why do if we love them, maybe pass them off to somebody else who's helping you run it, like you did with the blog and all that. Keep it in play, but not focus your time and take away from your energy that you could be to grow your school, to build your tuition, you know, get a program that works, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that people should figure that out by writing it down and figuring out well, what they do first. Yeah, well, it's not to say that you can't do the books or do the blog posts or do those other things, um, but but they're not the necessarily that like well okay they're not the high income areas that you want to focus in on at first. You can have those projects for later on. You know, you right. if you get your school up and running and you have all these systems going on and you have people coming in and everything's running like clockwork, then you could take some time off to write something. That's that's yeah. fine. You know, that that's quite all right. Yeah, right. Uh, as long as you're not taking it away, it's not like you're going to make a decision. Because I have clients that are struggling to build their schools, and they're spending more time on um, areas that are low-income areas, you know, like maybe that are not giving them the same return that they could be getting, like maybe sitting on Facebook and doing Facebook Lives, right, when – you probably would be better off going out and doing a school visit or meeting with businesses and trying to get your name out there or handing out flyers or doing whatever you're doing um, because you'll probably get more quick, direct results out of that than you would if you were to sit in front of a Facebook screen and talk right. and ho- hope that the message seeps into one person's head. Or just dig in deep to your own clients and see how you can service them. Um, uh, you know, like, so for instance – uh, do they own businesses? Is there something that you can do to help their business? Or, or, or like, I'll give you a for instance. We we have um, in our area there are four, I think, yeah, four Jimmy Johns, and right. they're all owned by the same people. Well, they come to the studio, and I was talking with her last night. 
because this week we're handing out the, the, the passes, you know, the two, because every single student is going to get a gift certificate, two gift certificates for a free month and a, and a free uniform to write their name on and give out as gifts. Well, she's like, uh, we're talking. And I said, hey, I said, she, she, well, first she said, you know, can I take a few more because I have some uh, friends that I think I can give them out to. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I said, have you ever thought about giving all of your, um, all of your uh, employees at Jimmy John's um, a gift that doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. And I said, what if I were to take these, these gift certificates and just stamp them as paid to make it look like you paid them, paid for them. Right. And she's like, Oh yeah. She goes, I have 72, whatever. I think 72 employees. Yeah. And uh, I said, all right. I said, uh, I'm on it. So I went out and bought a, I had a paid stamp and, and it was dry and I bought some ink and it, it, it's just, so I went out and got another one. Uh, today and and uh, my uh, my instructor today already you know stamped them and they're ready for her to pick up tonight and so just just finding out what what these other people have and then how they can help you how you can help them I told her I said hey what can I do for you I said all of your managers what if we did some sort of uh, uh, awareness and self defense course for your managers um, right you know type thing and and then and I said we could even move into some sort of active shooter later on if you're interested I mean that would be a paid course but you know something like that for uh for them and uh she's like yeah let me think about it so just rather than being on Facebook live you know taking an inventory of the people that you have and how you can service them and how they can help you well here's a great idea I love what you said and it triggers some of the things that we've talked about in the past so like one time um, I had a pizza parlor across the school from my school and their kid trained at my school and they loved it. They were the hugest fans, right? So always, always sending over some pizza, always sending over little gifts. And I'm like, Hey, listen, how about we, um, we do some cross marketing. So the guy says, Oh, I love your ninja shirt. And I'm like, why don't we put our, so when they were facing you, it said Sal's pizza. But when they turned around to get the pizza, it said Long Island Jiu-Jitsu Centers, and it had the eyes of one of our ninjas on the back with our phone number. And we, I said, I'll pay for all the shirts for all your staff, polo shirts. And I, he says, really? I'm like, yeah. I go, I'll pay for everything as long as you have them wear it. And they did that for a long time, and people were loving it. You know, So this kind of cross-marketing um, is worth going out, meeting people, dealing with them, and so on. So like, And what you said, too – Nothing stops the owner or, or a school owner who's by himself from calling on his downtime all of his clients and saying, hey, Mrs. Jones, do you have anybody that you could refer to me? Do you have any friends, neighbors, bullies in the neighborhood that you want to fix and get them to be a better kid? Like, can you give me two or three names? You know, can you help me with that? Because we're trying to build enrollment. We're on an enrollment push. Um, I'd much rather see our guys spending time on that versus things that are just a waste of their time, which sometimes is, you know, doing these Facebook videos and, and other stuff that's not going to make them money. Well, even if you have, uh, let's say you have 100 people, right? You have 100 people in your studio. And let's say literally there's, a, there's 100 different families, which isn't the case, but let's just say for this, it is the case. Then every quarter, right, you hit 25. And so by the end right. of the year, you hit everybody once with regards right. to doing some sort of referral thing for you. Yeah. No, I love it. And even if it's – and by the way, it's, this is how phone calls go. Hey, uh, Dwayne, uh, I hope you're having a great time in class. Oh, yeah, I love it. Al, uh, you know, Al, are you doing all – okay, great. Well, Dwayne, can you recommend a friend? Oh, I don't really know many people. Oh, okay, um, think about it and get back to me. Or you say, 
How about I give you a list of 10 things where you could get referrals. I'll email it to you or hand it to you in class. Read it over and I'll help you. All you got to do is get us the name. We'll make the phone calls. And if we do, you'll get the referral credit. You'll make 50 bucks. If you get five of them, you get a year for free. That's my referral program. But you have to pursue it, right? It can't just be like, oh, what do you think? Nah, I don't know anybody. Okay, sorry. Everyone knows people, right? And, you know, everyone has friends that know people. So, you know, you might get one friend that recommends four more friends. Um, and, you know, so this is why referrals are so important, but it's about, it's about nurturing those leads. It's about really knowing how to nicely, without pressure, create raving fans that want to help you grow your school. We're all sitting on a goal mine. And I've read, I, I see it all the time in Century. Uh, what's a great referral program? And I had a few people that just asked this question. I said, check out my referral program. I have one and it's got a money back guarantee. You think I got one sale? No, zero. People want to learn, but they don't want to pay 27 bucks. And then when they get it, they're going to go, now this, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to do this, or that won't work, or this won't work, but they're out there. You just got to learn how to, this is what I'm saying. So that would be a program, a high income area that we all should be maximizing, right? Is working that referral program to death. Um, I used to have a, a friend that ran a school years ago. It was mandatory on each belt promotion that they brought in a friend to train in class. Mandatory, oh, wow. or, else they weren't, or else they weren't allowed to do a test. They, the way they sold it was, listen, if you believe in what you do and you like what we do, you bring in a friend. If not, we understand that you really don't care. And that's how they got people to say, listen, this is a family. You've got to help your family, grow your family, treat your family well. It was a, you know, for them, it was like you've got to give back in order to get. And um, they were packed, packed, packed all the time because it was mandatory. That's funny. Right? So, um, you know, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't make it mandatory. But at the same time, you could ask people and, and encourage people and so on. So, okay, so new students, existing students, referral programs, retail sales. Um, you, you had said events, right? You're, you're, you're big on events. I'm big on events. So that's another high-income area. Give me some things that you think are um, – things that should be on your do not do list because you have you mentioned that and a few of my clients were like that's something i could get behind a do not list like something mm -hmm. things that they shouldn't be wasting their time on or maybe that school owners get caught up in and and you know waste it's like the abyss that black hole of time management yeah um okay i would say probably one of the biggest things and this doesn't help us at all uh, but is is consuming too much information. Okay. So going from this podcast to another podcast to another podcast to this, you know, not, and what do I mean by that? I mean, okay, I'll give you a, for instance, three, three of my instructors are, um, they have read the, uh, the book extreme ownership uh, right here. It's the uh, how us Navy seals lead and win by uh, Jocko Willington and uh, Leif Babin. Really, yeah. really awesome book, by the way. Well, now they're listening to uh, Jocko's podcast. Well, last night I had one of my instructors say, hey, man, that podcast is so good. Have you started listening listening to it? And I said, you know, right. I said, uh, it's not on my list because right. I have other things that, that I'm consuming myself with. Do I think probably it's valid information? Do I think I know it all? No, uh -huh. but it's it's not on my top priority so i've even had people give me books and say you know you know hey have you started that book yet i said nope it's it's on my shelf and it's, yeah, it's in my it's bio in or 
it's in my pile, and, and when I get to it, I'll get to it. I'll let you know. Um, so I, I think consuming too much information and think that, that you know, I'm not against uh, growing your mind, but um, I think there has to be some clarity on what you need to learn, and then you go out and you get that information, and then you learn that information so that you can apply it. Information in and of itself is, is not powerful unless you're able to apply it. And so when you're listening, and again, this isn't doing us any good, if you're listening to our podcast just to listen to more information and not apply anything, you got a problem. Um, and I understand some podcasts you'll go, oh, yeah, I should do that, and then you go and do it, and then others you're like, yep, I'm already doing that. I get that. Um, but I, I think we got to be careful of that, especially nowadays, because it's so easy, and I'm, I mean, I'm appreciative of, of it, but it's so easy to get information out there that there's an information overload in our society nowadays. There's no lack of information. There's just and there's always yeah. been lack of Im- implementation. That's always been yeah. the case. And so I I believe in just in time learning. And what do I mean by that? Um, I need to learn what I need to learn just in time to apply it. Right. Rather than oh I'll learn that and then when I need it, no information is so easy to get nowadays. You don't have to do that. It's not like you have well, to store it up for later on. So I would say watch how many uh, Facebook groups you're on and how much time you're spending and all of that stuff because I think that that's eating a lot of uh, school owners' time. Yeah. Well, I'll give you an example. I'm not big, and, and probably people will shoot me down for this, but I'm not a big believer in college, right? And let me clarify first. I love higher education, but I don't love higher – I've always been a guy who needed something, and I went to college for landscape architectural design. I only took one course. I didn't care if I got credits. I wanted to learn the product so that I could make money off of it, do the product, right? So um, my daughter's in college. The poor kid, she's going for a 4-0 average. She's killing herself, staying up at night all night long, and she's doing stuff like econ, like economy classes, you know, social studies – art paintings, her career that she wants to go in is in fashion. Why do we have to learn these other things when she's going to get out and she's cramming to pass a test so that they can sell her a course so that she can fill her head with useless information just to get the grade? She's going to forget it all because there's just way too much information going in. Um, There is a portion of that learning skill that they could use for research in the future for their job. But I said to her, I said, Hey, save me the twenty-five grand a year. I'll buy you a internship with a guy like Damon Johns from Shark Tank, who's a fashion guru. Maybe he'll. I could call up and get you. And no, no, no. I have to go to college. And most people think, yeah, I have to go to college to get a degree. But I mean, I've hired people that worked for Har- that graduated Harvard that literally were the dumbest people I've ever. And they worked for me, and I was feeling proud. And they literally were one of the dumbest people I've ever met. You know, like. I'm not being insulting either. I mean, like the guy showed up to work in barefoot for his first day on the job. This is a Harvard graduate. The next day I said, dude, that's not how you dress. He was in shorts, a tank top, and no shoes because it was summertime. The next day he showed up. I said, you need to change your outfit. I want you to dress business professionally. showed up with flip-flops, the same style outfit. I put him in my car, drove him to the train station. I said, this is definitely not going to work, and I, I let him go after a second day, a Harvard graduate. So anyway, my point is, though, that do we fill our heads with information? Probably it's the worst thing to do unless you're going to take it, make notes, and make changes, right? And that's what you're recommending. Yeah, and I just think that sometimes we're spending too much time on these forums and Facebook posts and all this other stuff. Now, now, now I'm not saying that you shouldn't pose a question and then people answer it. 
I think that's valid because what is that? That's just-in-time learning. You have a problem, yeah. you're trying to solve it, and you learn as right. much as you can. And, you know, there's an urgency that goes along with that. So when you have that problem, you're like, man, I, I really need to learn how to solve it. And so you're even more eager to, uh, to, to learn that information. So I would say, you know, on your do-not-do list uh, would be spending too much time. Don't spend too much time on, on – uh, uh, all the all the martial art groups because it just becomes uh, uh, overwhelming. I think, yeah, and it's a time waster, and it you know it, it, it distracts you from what you need to be doing in your business. Absolutely, dude. You know what I find is an interesting phenomenon is that um, martial artists once they get their hands into something, they become control freaks over that said activity, and they want to engulf themselves in everything. Like for example. I'll call a guy up. I'll go, hey, sensei so-and-so, um, I notice your website really needs a lot of work. Oh, yeah, my website sucks. I hate my website, guys. So I, I say, okay, I could do it for you. You're hired. I hire them. Now, I, their website sucked. I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, they're at a 1. We build them a website that's a 10. Now they critique. Now they're social media experts. Are you sure that picture works, the coloring? I have guys that tell me, like, this color, these colors don't match sales and and I'm like, all of a sudden, you had a website for six years that was terrible. We built you a one that looks like a 10, and now you're a website expert. Why didn't you put the time into it when you were spending your money on the sucky site, right? So people in the martial art business, we start to get things in our head. And just like technique, we get engulfed in the technique, and we want to become great at the technique. You have taught me too, and you're like a master of saying, okay, well, I know that this guy's better than me at this, so I'm going to have them do it a bookkeeper, a virtual assistant, or whatever the case may be, why do we waste our time as martial artists sometimes on things that are just totally out of our wheelhouse when we could be doing what we do best, resting all day to have energy to go in and teach the most dynamic class ever because that's what's going to retain students. Not trying right. to learn website design during the day, go in mad and pissed off because you're frustrated, and then have a crappy class, right? So this is where I say we have to learn our, um, you know, what our HIAs are, the things that are most important to our business, push the other things aside, like you said, and not really get involved with them and let others do it or not do it at all. Um, Frank Martano wrote, I learn much better by doing than reading. So, yeah, that's good. Physicality. Some people are like that. I was like that as well. I'm much more of a physical learner, although I learned to be a much more intellectual learner, whether it be books, audio tapes, computer as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, I had to be hands-on. Right. So that's in closing, we're... That's because you were thick-headed. That's the truth. I still am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, in our last seven minutes we have, what are some closing statements for you? And we're going to be off for a week, and then we come back in the new year at some point, right? Two, two weeks. Two weeks. Off. We're going to take two weeks so, off. Yeah. So I'm, when do I'm we... Re two weeks off. So. <laughs> yeah, so when do we return? Uh, let's January see, that Monday on, is the 7th, 8th, so the 9th, so January 9th. Right, the 9th we'll be back. Okay, so all our listeners know we'll be back on the 9th. Okay, so any closing statements before we say, say goodbye to everybody? Yeah, I would just say, you know, your highest income area in your business is the – uh, the program that's bringing you in the most money at the, at this point. So like, for instance, for me, my seven and up, you know, seven to 12 year old, that's, that's where my highest income, uh, is. And then you get, you get that funnel working correctly. You get all of that running great. And then you can do the five and, not that you're not doing the five and six year olds, but then you focus more on the five and six year olds right. and get that up and running. 
And then you do the three and four year olds if you want to do that. So like at the beginning of last year, I, or the beginning, yeah. So what, this is 2018, 2016, I didn't have a three and four year old program. I've had one years ago, but I got rid of it. Well, we right. just introduced a three and four year old program at the beginning of this year in 2018. Mm-hmm. So we were getting it all together in 17 and then we launched it in 18. Um, and so now I have a three and four year old program, but I, I, I threw it away for a while because it wasn't my high income area. Um, I, I, you know, I, I didn't, uh, necessarily enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't enjoy doing it. Um, they're, they, they take a lot of energy and I'm, I'm a little older yeah. now. Uh, I'll just blame it on that. But now that we've refined what we want in it, now I have a three and four year old program and, yeah. and we, we're starting to build that up. Um, so I would say look at look at what's making you the money. You got to know your stats. Look at what's making you the money and continue to 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 build that up first before you start diving into other things. And I and I think maybe you do write down on your list, you know, these are the things that uh, I enjoy doing and I'm going to do it. And the things that I don't enjoy doing or I'm not good at, how can I farm that out to somebody else or delegate it to somebody else or duplicate myself and have somebody else do it? Um I guess I would look at that. Yeah. And and I want to add to what you said because by bringing up the three- to four-year-olds and you kind of got rid of it because it wasn't your thing, but now you're like, hey, I found a way to make it work, always look, all the school owners should always look at the potential in the program that you're doing versus the programs that have no potential. So meaning like um, you maybe didn't love the three-year-olds, but you now might have an instructor that's really good at teaching three-year-olds, and the potential for that market the three-year-old market might be massive. And that, in fact, I have a two- to four-year-old program in my school, and I love that program because a half an hour, twice a week, people pay the same price as they would pay for an older kid at 45-minute sessions three times a week, and they realize that the kids have a, have a less of an attention span, so they don't want to bring them and inundate them with only martial arts and overwhelm them. So uh, they love they love this program. And by the way, I love those parents because they're so into it. it everything is so cute to them. They, they enjoy being around and watching the kids progress. As they get a little older, parents forget that we're still working magic with them, right? And they're like, they don't even – they don't even stay anymore. When they get to the teen level, parents drop them off a mile down the road and go, I'll see you later. I'm going to the bar or I'm going to shop. They don't, they're not as engaged anymore, right? But those little three year, two to three year olds or two to four year olds, five to eight year olds, the parents are there. They're watching. They're joking. They're buying them new stuff and new gear and the shirts with our logos and our characters. I, I just love it because parents are so much more engaged. And uh, so that's something that so potential in a program, not necessarily programs that have no potential just because you love them, you know, uh, knife fighting, you know, whatever, 101, you know, like people might not want it just because you love it doesn't mean people are going to learn how to hatchet throw. Um, you might think it's cool. Maybe you have five people that do. You do it on for fun, but they're not all going to do it. So don't get mad at them and try to keep the program alive and waste money and time doing that. So awesome, Dwayne. I mean, I had a great time. Two weeks from now, we'll be back in action. You're going to have a good time taking a break. Me too. I'm driving down to Florida. I'm hoping there's a, a weather front coming up as we drive down. So I hope that I'm not going to get caught in that. It's the first time me taking my electric car on a long trip, so we have to program it out by the charging ports and all until we get down there. But um, it's myself, my daughter, my fiance, and my two puppies, so we're going to have a great time, stop off at a hotel, have dinner, relax, and I'm excited. 
Awesome. Well, you have a have a great Christmas and a happy new year, and we'll see you next year. Yeah, and meet you, and I'll talk to you in between. You and I, let's text each other. You always send me these cool, funny little uh, gifts, <laughs> <laughs> and you sent one to, uh, I forget who you sent it to, and they were having a baby or something. Oh, happy birthday one I, to Nicole. <laughs> I sent it to your fiance. yeah. Yeah, that was hysterical. I loved it. Yeah, that was great. So thank you for being a good friend, man. I appreciate you. I love having you in my life. I really do enjoy our friendship. I only wish we lived closer because we'd probably be going to dinner every once in a while and hanging out and teaching at each other's schools. But, hey, listen, I feel like I see you more than I see my friends who live around the corner. That, and, you know, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Thanks for being a good friend, and I appreciate you. So My um, pleasure. I appreciate you, too. Yeah, and I'll talk to you soon, and we'll, and have a happy holiday. Yep, you too. And, and everybody will, uh, hey, if you miss us, go back on the schoolownertalk.com and do some older uh, podcasts. Listen to the older podcasts because there's still some things that you can pick up. And, by the way, obviously you can uh, go on there and uh, you can do it in the search bar. So if you have something that, you know, just-in-time learning and you need retention or you need uh, stats or whatever, type it in the search bar and find those uh, podcasts that, that uh, go along with it. And by the way, this year, just tossing it out there for school owners that maybe want to promote a product, we're going to take some sponsorship this year for to keep our podcast growing, and we might be putting a banner up on our on our Facebook page, and you know, wink wink to some of the Spark guys out there that might be listening. You know, we're, we're looking for a few little sponsors. We haven't even refined it yet, but we'd love to get some people to help us sponsor our program, and you know, and so on and so forth. So, um, just wanted to throw that out there. All right, thank you, sir. We'll right, talk dude. to you later. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye.